1: It's Thursday, January 27th, and this is People Every Day. Hello there, everyone. It's me, your host, Janine Rubenstein. It's what the Graham calls Throwback Thursday. So I'll share that five years ago at this time, I was in Aspen for my best friend's bachelorette party and was kind of fall skiing down a bunny slope. And how do I know this? My phone just reminded me of that very moment. (laughs) It was so fun. I need to actually add a girl's trip to my 2022 vision board which i haven't done but i digress forget the past and the future here's a few things happening right now Someone who isn't worried about the past at all is the 40-year-old Paris Hilton. Yesterday, the Hotel Heiress and Paris in Love star shared with Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live that she and 35-year-old actress Lindsay Lohan have ended their long-standing feud. Listen. Who was the first one to, to reach
0: out to the other?
2: I saw that she got engaged when I was on my honeymoon, and I just said
1: congratulations. And then
0: and that um, and that yeah, broke the ice. Yeah. That's great. It's so nice. That makes yeah. me happy.
2: No bad vibes.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, good for them. Well, elsewhere, it sounds like there are still plenty of bad vibes going around the stars of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. After being fired from the show for racially insensitive social media posts jenny Nguyen has spoken out claiming that the posts were shared by someone on her team someone she hired to do her social media and yesterday on instagram live the reality star shared an apology let's listen
0: but then the person that represent me really represent me in the wrong way where they post certain things but you know what I'm taking full responsibility for it. It doesn't really matter what is it. What matters, like I hurt people, I hurt my fans, I hurt the people that out there are supporting me, and I feel really, really, really awful for that. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, today, guys, I want to take a a little romp through royals news because, you know, here at People, we love our royals. And today is Saint Dibout Day in Monaco. Did I say that right? This is a yearly celebration that honors their patron saint, but someone who will notably be missing from the festivities is Princess Charlene. She is in the midst of a health recovery, which according to a palace statement is quote, continuing in a satisfying and very encouraging way. So lots of people are curious about her recovery and her absence from public life. It's been a while now. so here to discuss what we know and give us a few other royal updates is people's senior news editor Aaron Hill. Hey Aaron,
3: Hi, Janine. Great to chat with you.
1: It's so great to talk to you. So let's go back to the beginning just a little. In November of last year, Princess Charlene's husband, Prince Albert, told people exclusively that she was in a treatment facility outside of Monaco. He said that she was suffering profound, quote, exhaustion, both emotional and physical. So what else did he tell us?
3: Yeah, there was so much mystery around Princess Charlene's absence. She was gone from Monaco for six months She initially was in South Africa for a 10-day visit, which turned into six months after what they say was an ENT infection, resulted in a number of corrective surgeries, So we spoke exclusively with Prince Albert November, who told us that when she returned to Monaco, at first, everything seemed to be going really well, but then it became pretty evident that she was unwell. And he cited profound exhaustion, both emotional and physical, and said that after a conversation with some of her siblings and with him and with a professional doctor, she decided to seek treatment. And they decided on a facility outside of Monaco for privacy reasons. And her prolonged absence really caused a lot of rumors something going on within the marriage. Is there a problem, you know, that they don't want to allude to uh, with that? And it's not something health related. But Albert told us that these are not problems within the relationship. It's not related to any issues between husband and wife. It's of a different nature. She's a mother to twins. Um, Prince Jacques and Princess Gabriella celebrated their seventh birthday just uh, about a month ago. So it's, it's clear this was a more dire health related situation.
1: Yeah, and they said it still will be, you know, several weeks till she is back on the mend, I guess. But on on top of the celebrations today, this past Tuesday was also Princess Charlene's birthday. She turned 44 years old and she received some birthday love, a video celebrating her life was posted to the Palace of Monaco and her South Africa Charitable Foundation's Facebook pages. So something Charlene saw and reposted to her own Instagram with a heart emoji. So do we know anything else about her birthday celebration, what she did, if she was able to celebrate?
3: Well, we know she's been receiving daily phone calls and video calls from her family, so I'm sure they interacted that way. There also was a visit over the holidays with her kids. Prince Albert is said to have visited several times since then, but she tends to spend her birthday pretty privately, as most royals do, away from the, the spotlight. So with her still in treatment, recovering, it was likely more phone calls or video calls with her kids and, and just a quiet day for her.
1: Yeah. Well, before I let you go, uh, we have to talk about another royal who has been making headlines recently. As we know, Prince Andrew is in the middle of a sexual assault lawsuit. Yesterday, he filed his official denial to the claims against him by his accuser, Virginia Roberts gouffray What's the latest on this case?
3: Yeah, this week... His lawyers filed new court documents in in New York saying that he's demanding a trial by jury. He also, within that filing, denied all of the complaints against him, all the accusations against him. And he's still maintaining his innocence. And it's clear that he's not going down without a fight. There was speculation, will he try to settle? Will this be something handled outside of court? But now it it looks as though we're moving forward. There's talks of a trial come this fall. And so now his lawyers are getting everything in order and filed this document saying that that he demanded a trial by jury and then just really just set out a a series of defenses, an 11-page document, all the arguments against him. And it's also in the midst of a very big year for his mother Queen Elizabeth celebrating her jubilee, 70 years on the throne, and it's unfortunately going to be overshadowed by this.
1: Mm-hmm. Big, big deal. Well, we will continue to keep you all updated with anything regarding Princess Charlene and the lawsuit against Prince Andrew. And Aaron, thank you so much for stopping by and taking us into it. Guys, you didn't think we'd make it through a week without some new Kim and Pete news, did you? (laughs) Of course not. After the break, hear which mogul hosted the couple for dinner earlier this week. Here's a hint. If you're anything like me, you probably bought something from that person's company today. Stay tuned.
0: See HomeDepot.com slash delivery for details.
1: I am back now, and with so much celebrity couple news buzzing around out there, it's time for a little thing we at People like to call heart monitor. So let's take the pulse on this week's headline-making couples, starting with pete davidson and kim kardashian the pair had dinner tuesday night at the la estate of amazon billionaire jeff bezos i swear this couple has been everywhere together and a source told people they seem more comfortable than couples who have been together a long time and that he's actually what kim needed after her divorce someone to make her laugh and just have fun with Now, I got to say this. Ye and his new girl have dinner with Madonna. Kim and Pete grab a bite with Bezos. I don't know. I feel a weird sort of my Rolodex is bigger than yours contest going on. Well, moving on to a couple who seem blissfully drama-free. In a People exclusive, Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song say they are, quote, excited for their future together after announcing their engagement. Since Culkin, 41, and Song, 33 met on the set of Changeland in 2017, it has been full speed ahead. The actors share a son, nine-month-old Dakota, so congrats to the both of them. Going strong. Well, now time to dig in. There has been a story rocking the podcast space over the last few weeks that we wanted to take a closer look at. Joe Rogan, who is the host of the Joe Rogan Experience on Spotify, has become the topic of many water cooler discussions. Not that we're at water coolers anymore, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Rogan has been in the press for his controversial views on COVID, vaccinations, racial identity, and pretty much every other topic you can think of. And now stars are speaking out, with some even taking major steps to distance themselves from Rogan. So to wade into all of this, I would not want anyone else, about- our senior digital politics editor, Adam Carlson, to join me today and break it all down. Hey, Adam.
2: Hi, Janine. Yeah, we have a lot to get through with Mr. Rogan.
1: Let's begin with the basics. For those who don't know, who was Joe Rogan? Who is Joe Rogan now? And And why does he continue to find himself in the hot seat with a lot of people?
2: He is one of the most popular radio or audio hosts in the country every single day. Some of us might remember him as the host of Fear Factor a few decades ago, Mm -hmm. and he was a comedian and actor before that. But since 2009, he's been the host of his eponymous radio show. First, it was online on YouTube. Now it's on Spotify and it reaches an enormous amount of people. Some of his episodes have 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 million listens per episode. Wow. Um, and all of that leads to him signing this massive deal with Spotify in 2020, a multi-year deal that everyone believes was worth about a hundred million dollars for their listeners, You know, their global audience to tune into him.
1: And he is you know, just kind of hitting all the buttons there, often in, you know, the wrong buttons, right? So take us into just a little bit of like what he has waded into on this show and, and why it's ruffled so many feathers.
2: He has these massive, lengthy, unstructured conversations with people from all backgrounds talking about basically any subject he wants. He's a shock jock in some ways. He has a, you know, a comedian's background. Um, he'll curse he'll talk about whatever, he'll wade into any uh, hot button issues you say, he'll say whatever. He often criticizes other people for, you know, in his words, being afraid to talk about this stuff in society. Most recently that he's been running smack into some of the sensitivities around how he talks about vaccine science, how he talks about race. He has a long history of speaking really, really, really crudely and cruelly about transgender women and transgender athletes. He would say that he shouldn't be taken so seriously, that he'll have anyone on his show, he listens to anyone. But the people who criticize him now say that's part of the problem, is he really will let anyone on his show. People like Alex Jones, the famous conspiracy theorist, people who say that vaccine science isn't real, even though all the scientists say it is.
1: I mean, to bring it around to this week, we spoke about it. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Neil Young said he was done with it. He didn't want his music on Spotify anymore. And as he laid out, it's because of Rogan's podcast spreading misinformation about COVID, and he thought it was irresponsible of not only Rogan, but also Spotify, to allow this to continue. So Spotify announced they will be obliging Mr. Neil Young and took his music down yesterday, basically choosing Rogan over Neil. So This all made it to The View, and Joy Behar had her thoughts on it. So let's listen to that. I mean, I agree that Joe Rogan is a horror, a horror. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way to counter that bad speech is with more speech. The way to counter it is with uh, boycotts. Mm -hmm. Um, I admire Neil uh, Neil for doing this, Mm -hmm. Neil Young. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not a cancel culture, it's a consequence culture. And the way we handle is we don't buy Spotify.
2: I really like how she boiled it all down. And I really liked Joy for underlining that this isn't about censorship necessarily. This is not about the government taking away Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. This is not about them yanking the microphone out of his hand. This is about he has an audience and some of the members of his audience or people who can listen to his show are objecting to his show. And as consumers, one of the ways they can show their displeasure is to boycott or to urge other people not to listen. As she's saying, that's not cancel culture. That's a consequence. She links it back to Neil's past legacy of political activism. You know, he's someone who's been really outspoken before. This is not the first time, certainly, he's even criticized me music companies. (laughs) And as you say, I thought it was so interesting when he put out his statement, you know, he said, Spotify has to pick. It's either me or Joe Rogan. And even though it's Neil Young and his music is listened to a ton on Spotify service, it's a mark of where their business is going and of Joe Rogan's popularity, even if people don't realize that they pick Joe Rogan.
1: There's another staple, Howard Stern, who is speaking up about freedom of speech and how although he does not agree with what Joe Rogan is saying, he does not believe that the Spotify host should be, quote, shunned in public opinion. Yeah, so let's just take a listen to what he says. Let me not paraphrase that.
0: I don't think Neil Young is for censorship. I just think he's saying, look, I don't want to be part of this organization because if my music is helping people bring people to the table— And then they're spreading something as lethal as don't take the vaccine, do this. I'm against any kind of censorship, really. You know, I really am. I don't like censorship.
2: Yeah, I mean, talk about the godfather of say anything on the radio, or I guess the digital radio, right? Howard Stern is no stranger himself to various calls for boycotts or um, for him to lose his platform. You know, it's interesting because I think what's underlining a lot of these debates is an understandable anxiety when these people have these huge public platforms about what they're saying and the possible harm that that thing that they're saying can do. And the concept of someone's speech harming someone else is is tricky to measure, right? Like there's a difference between being insulted, two celebrities insulting each other on Instagram versus Joe Rogan spreading skeptical information about vaccines to an audience of young men who might be really susceptible to that. The thing with Joe Rogan that I keep coming back to is he often will argue that he is being taken too seriously, you know, that he's just a radio host. He's a comedian. He didn't necessarily imagine he would have this enormous audience and people really are over-interpreting his curiosity. But the thing I think that's so interesting is something someone like Amy Schumer said about him, which is that once you realize you have that big platform and people might take what you say and put their own spin on it you have to kind of account for the fact that you can't always control what your audience says. He might say, well, my responsibility is just listen to every episode. I'll have anyone on my show. And the flip side of that would be that you need to maybe be more conscious of someone who's just tuning in and hearing that for an hour and then stepping away and thinking like, oh yeah, that person on Joe's podcast like really changed my worldview. And what that might mean.
1: So, well, as recent as yesterday, he's not holding back. Joe Rogan had YouTube personality and psychologist Jordan Peterson on his show, where they discussed topics that put him in hot water again. Many feel misinformation was spread when it came to climate change, and a conversation about racial identity is being called offensive. So, let's take a listen to just a little bit of that.
0: I so, am white. Actually, that's a lie too. I'm kind of tan, and he was actually not
2: black. Your tan. He was what sort the of. F- am
3: I? Because I'm I'm darker than you.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but neither of us are white. Well, I'm Italian. And mostly. he was brown,
0: not black.
2: Well, isn't that weird? Yeah, this, it's the, really the weird. The black and white thing is so strange yeah, because like the shades are so tan and brown. There's such a spectrum of shades of people.
1: I'm just curious to know. If you think this is what's actually drawing in listeners to the program, and do you think, going back to what Joy Behar said, we're going to see other celebrities kind of drawing a line in the sand at this point?
2: If it's going to be a boycott strategy by his critics, the boycott has to be sustained. We'd have to see more stars or other personalities speaking out. That remains to be seen as to whether or not that whole little spiel is what is at the heart of his appeal, I think it's such a perfect Rorschach test, right? He might say, we're just joking around, riffing, being inappropriate, playing around with puns and, you know, the concept of race and skin tone. And a lot of other people will say, well, no, given Jordan Peterson's background, given the larger conversation, they were being like really crude, kind of needlessly sophomoric.
1: There are strong feelings on both sides of that one, and you have broken it down so perfectly for us, Adam. Thank you so much.
2: Always happy to be here, Janine.
1: Right. Well, we talked enough about that podcast host, but this one, your favorite, (laughs) wants to send you off on a lighter note. As most of you know, I've got two little ones at home, and every day is a new adventure. The other morning, I spent an hour trying to find my phone because someone very little threw it under the couch, you know, where I always keep it. So that is why a new viral video of a toddler thanking his mom hit me right in the feels. This little boy is just so happy and thankful his mom helped him out in the. Chores department. You guys, it is just the sweetest thing and definitely something to make you smile. Take a listen. I'm
0: so funny, you. You are? Yeah. For what? What did I do? Grandma, you You're so nice.
1: See, I told you, you'd love that. Well, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back tomorrow to close out the week. This is People Every Day.